Welcome to Going Deeper, a podcast series sponsored by Tabernacle Baptist Church in Richmond's historic fan district. My name is Christy Foldenauer. I am an ordained pastor who serves in the Midlothian area, and currently I am doing consulting work with churches and individuals who are in transition. I have long admired Tabernacle and your uh, creative gifts, particularly your innovation around installations for worship. And so it is my delight to spend this time with you as we unpack today the change cycle. This podcast is a supplement to Tabernacle's ongoing discernment dialogue exploring what God has in store for the little church at Grove and Meadow, and also the universal church. So we invite you to listen each week as we share thoughts, articles, questions, and ideas about our discernment process. As you feel led, we welcome you to respond by connecting with the pastoral staff, share your reflections in our communal journal, and access others' reflections in the journal as well. Without further ado, folks, this week we're going to be talking about the change cycle. I think your first question might be, which change cycle? Because as someone who has spent time working in the business sector and uh, different fields, I know that there are many change cycles out there. So for clarification, we are going to be talking about the change cycle that was developed by Anne Salerno and Lily Brock. This particular change cycle deals with uh, change processes uh, in all of life, and it is a really researched, science-informed, user-supported infographic that helps people and organizations navigate change processes in their personal, home, work, and communal settings. So with that in mind, I want to describe to you, and you'll just have to use your imagination a bit. Perhaps Spencer will attach a PDF of this change cycle so you can take a look if you have access to that. This change cycle is set up like a circle, and that is because the nature of change is very cyclical. So as you look at the circle, basically at 12 o'clock, change drops in to our lives. And Salerno and Brock assert that there are then a number of uh, reactions and steps that we move through, six in total, which help us to experience the change, receive the change, and then live into the change. So I want us to talk together about that cycle, and we're just going to move around the wheel. So we're going to talk about each of those six stages. I was trying to think about a change. What could possibly be a change that we have all experienced? Something that we could really sort of um, all think about together as we move through this as an example. And of course, top of mind is the pandemic. That is a change that has been uh, an incredibly huge change for all of us. So if you will allow me, as we move through these stages, I'm going to talk a little bit about how at least I've experienced that change and how some of us have experienced it in the world as we've moved through um, this time of the pandemic of COVID-19. So as we first 
hear about a change or as change first comes into our lives. Again, this is at the very top of the circle. The first stage we move into is the stage of loss. Now with each of these stages, we're gonna talk about what we feel, we're gonna talk about what we're thinking, kinds of thoughts we're having, and then we're gonna talk about what is our behavior, how are we responding um, externally to this the change at this stage. So when we begin to experience change, the first thing that is the first stage that we move into is loss. And the feelings that come along with loss are absolutely the feelings you would you would expect. Feelings of fear and overwhelming fear. Our thoughts tend to be really cautious. We're kind of trying to make sense of what this new change means. And oftentimes our behavior is that we become paralyzed by the change. Candidly, this is um, as we try to figure out how to move forward, we're not quite sure what to do yet. And so in the stage of loss, oftentimes um, we don't do a lot. We just sort of sit with the change. So when we think about the pandemic, I'm thinking all the way back to March of 2020. And when we all got word that we were going to be, uh, do you remember this, Richmond, staying home for six weeks? Governor Northam asked us to stay inside for six weeks. And I remember hearing the responses around Richmond to that news. Uh, Everything from, thank goodness we're all staying home, to, oh my gosh, we're all staying home. But no matter how people felt about um, that particular request, the commonality in the stage is that we all together felt the sense of loss. There was a lot of of this loss happening um, in stage one as we dealt with the feelings of fear. We worried about family connections. Gosh, we worried about being isolated. Will Will that change us? What will we miss? How will we navigate this isolation? What happens if we lose relationships during this long period, this, I'm air quoting, long period, because of course, six weeks felt like forever. Little did we know that uh, we'd be staying home for a lot longer than that. The sense of uh, loss was, was enormous. And, and many of us uh, simply sat with the news and felt a bit paralyzed, not quite sure what to do. That's that sense of loss. And when we experience change in life, um, from small changes to large changes, this is typically where we begin. The second stage then is a stage of doubt. I think a lot of people moved to this doubt stage pretty quickly with the pandemic. You know you're experiencing doubt when you are feeling resentment, when you um, are thinking really skeptical thoughts, when you're... um, just just kind of wondering, how did this happen? How did we get here? Uh, your behavior at this point is typically resistant. You're resisting this change. Um, it's not something you want to do. It's not something you signed up for. I think I can um, not even count on the fingers I have how many times I heard someone say, I did not sign up for a pandemic. So uh, this, this stage of doubt comes um, full tilt to us. And I think some of the some of the ways we knew we were experiencing this this stage of doubt were that we were asking the question, how were we not more ready for this? We heard people saying that. We also we also candidly started to ask one another, how are we going to make this work? What an overwhelming time we're living through together. How will this work? What about fill in the blank? It could be anything. Uh, what about sports games? What about work? What about my job, um, 
What about staying well? We, we had lots and lots of questions at this point and began to really have some skepticism. Many people began to wonder about the validity of COVID-19. Like, is this a for real thing? Um, I know there were some mornings I woke up and thought, gosh, is this like just a really bad dream? Uh, it just felt very surreal, right? Um, people began to ask, is this fake news? Are we getting all the information? Maybe we're not getting all the information. Um, some people struggled with trusting administration and experts. Um, social media had lots to say on this topic. And the majority of the conversation was, was pretty skeptical. And that's how we know we're in that stage of doubt. Now, the thing about this cycle is um, kind of from a um, 10,000 feet kind of place, looking down on this cycle, everyone moves through these emotions in a different pace. So some people still, when it comes to the pandemic, may be in this place of doubt. If there's not a certain time frame on this cycle. There is not a certain speed that we're supposed to go. Um, I do think it's important that we continue to make some forward motion, but it, it but it's possible um, to spend much longer for one individual in a stage than for another. Let's keep moving. So coming out of doubt, um, don't worry, the news is going to get better here as we move around this, this wheel. We are going to start to have some more positive emotions, but not yet. The third stage, the third stage is discomfort. This is uh, maybe honestly, where so many people still are relative to the pandemic. Um, this is a stage where you really feel anxious. There's just a lot of anxiety and, and your thoughts at this point are, are possibly just confused. You're just confused about what's, what's happening in regards to this change. Your behavior may be unproductive. In other words, um, you're, you're doing things um, that aren't necessarily helping you to move forward. So when it comes to the pandemic and COVID-19, I think this discomfort stage for so many families hit right around the time that we realized we are going to have to do school virtually, like for a long time. That was a, a pretty, pretty big uh, discomfort for many family units. Also, people felt it just working from home. Um, working from home was, was maybe novel in the beginning, but over time, it began to wear on many people. Also, people began to, to realize, I just don't have the space in my home to do this. We really began to feel the physical discomfort of trying to set up a way to work. So this stage um, is, is possibly still going on for, for, for some of you who are listening, um, we certainly experience the discomfort of masks and needing to wear masks and mask up um, for our safety and the safety of others. And for me, I remember the first time I was in a meeting where it was important that I could read body language. It was a, a kind of a high stakes meeting and everyone was masked up around the table. Completely appropriate that we were in masks, but impossible to read body language around the table. It was very uncomfortable, and I remember that feeling of, my gosh, how, are, how am I even going to be able to have this meeting be successful when I, when I can't even read the body language of the people around the table? Uh, many of us felt discomfort financially, and this is something that really began to produce significant anxiety. I was talking this past weekend with an artist from New York 
And since your community has so many artists, I will tell you that um, this individual was just uh, lamenting to me the loss of the arts community in New York. The fact that people who had significant skill sets um, in artistic um, careers no longer are able to use those skill sets and just feel um, feel the loss, the doubt, and the discomfort of wondering um, where will the next check come from and how am I going to find a way forward? And that's very true too for some of us um, here and now. Even as we went into the stores, I began to notice food is more expensive and sometimes less available. I don't know if you had this happen, but in certain stores, um, there would or wouldn't be chicken. There would or wouldn't be beef, but whatever there was, I found myself feeling like I'd better buy it because I didn't know when I'd see it again. Um, that's that anxiety driving the discomfort. Um, it, just, it was just a very difficult time, and for so many, still, still is. There's a danger zone between stage three and stage four, and this happens because it's possible, it is truly possible to stay in the, the kind of negative space of change, to really sit with these difficult emotions and not have the breakthrough to the, um, to the other side of this model. And I would assert to you that there are, are people who are very stuck relative to this pandemic and um, and rightfully so, this is a very difficult time, but that forward progression is so important. And so let's talk about stage four. Stage four is discovery. Discovery begins to move us kind of up the other side of the circle. And in the discovery phase, we begin to have more feelings of anticipation, the sense that, hey, maybe something good can still come. Maybe um, we can find our way through this. Maybe some new things can emerge. Um, our thoughts are far more resourceful. And again, some people got to this phase of discovery very quickly. While others were, were still at home feeling loss and doubt, um, some individuals were already moving toward discovery. Um, this just has to do with how each of us has experienced this change and what the change has meant for us. It's such a broad and sweeping change that I'm using as an example that people will find themselves all over um, the cycle in this, in this particular change. But in, in the discovery phase, our behavior begins to be energized, which uh, of course is a much better and more positive feeling than any of those other uh, behavioral feelings that we've, um, or behaviors that we've looked at in the first half. So for instance, um, in the pandemic, we began to see new models emerge, which is really exciting. Um, we began to, maybe for the first time, you, like me, ordered groceries. Maybe you had them delivered to your home and that wasn't something you'd done before, but you figured it out. Or maybe like me, you did curbside pickup. Um, perhaps you experienced the um, acceleration of the digital space during this time. My goodness, um, I think the CEO of Microsoft says that the uh, digital transformation um, was, was happened at a rate that would have normally taken two years that, that digital transformation happened in just two months. So we're talking about significant and sweeping uh, change in the online space as well, but all of that transformation happened, remember, 
because of the change. So this is where we're getting into some of the positive outcomes of change. And they do come. For some of us, they just take longer. So in the discovery phase, we began to find these new models and way forward. Hey, maybe um, I know uh, at Tabernacle, you began to experience worship virtually for a period of time. That again is a discovery. That's a a discovery phase um, that is so important as we found new ways to connect. Coming out of that stage of discovery, um, so now I am at nine o'clock on the clock, (laughs) kind of on the left side of our circle. The next stage, stage five, is understanding. When we move into the understanding phase, we begin to have feelings that are far more confident. So this is a much more positive space. We've moved kind of out of the yellow um, space of um, kind of uh, hesitantly moving forward into the green space of full-on forward. and the feelings are confident. The thoughts are very pragmatic. Um, this is what it takes to move forward. Uh, we began to simply weigh uh, the, the benefits and the outcomes, and uh, it becomes much more pragmatic as we think about change. In addition, our behavior is, is very productive in this space. So for instance, we became really good at Zoom, many of us. Um, I know prior to the pandemic, I had used Zoom only really for, uh, actually for a, a cohort that I was working through. And it was a great experience, but I would no, by no means say I was an expert on Zoom. But at this point, I know a whole lot about how to facilitate on Zoom, as I bet many of you do as well. Uh, we have learned to navigate birthday parties with drive-by celebrations. Um, we have found new ways to stream uh, special events. I was... Um, marrying a couple in the midst of the pandemic and uh, the third iteration of their wedding uh, was just, it was when the, the governor said we could just have 25 people gathered. I don't know if you remember that phase of the, uh, of, of Virginia's history uh, with the pandemic, but we, we gathered just, just 25 and um, actually less than 25 and had a lovely ceremony, but uh, the bride and the groom, it, in essence, said to the whole bridal party, we're, we're not going to have you participate at this point. We'll, we'll do it together later. We'll do it in a year when we're able to, to all be present. But it was really just their family and me. And they got to that place because they came to a place of understanding, simply um, being very pragmatic about it and saying, okay, we can only have 25 people in the space. Well, our family is almost that many. So we're simply going to do this without a bridal party. Now, were they excited about that? Mm, No, they were excited to be married, but they were not excited about these changes. But they were still positive about the day because we've all come to a place of understanding at that point where we're saying, this is simply what's required. Do we love it? No, but it's what we're doing. It's what we're doing because it's what's required and we understand that. So that's moving into that space of understanding where things become much more positive. And then the final stage, stage six, is integration. And wow, the great things that can happen when we get to this place of integration. We begin to have feelings that are um, feelings of deep satisfaction. 
and our thoughts become very focused and our behavior is really generous. We, we're living out of this change at this point and um, functioning very fully within the change, um, seeing it in a positive light and um, really in a, in a space of giving as it comes to this change. Some great things can come out of this stage of integration. Um, for instance, the investment in technology, just think about that, um, is a tremendous investment. There are new ways of doing church that we would never have thought of. My goodness, small groups have become virtual and they're doing it and they're meeting and they're growing, which is tremendous. Um, there are new ways of relating and connecting in general in the world in which we're living. People have picked up new hobbies. They've They've discovered new things and, and integrated those, and, and they're finding new ways to meet customers' needs. Uh, work can be remote. I don't know if you read here recently that Capital One has made the decision that their entire uh, call center, which is a huge call center, their entire call center can now work remote. This offers a tremendous amount of flexibility that did not exist before. Now, are there still things that are incredibly difficult about this pandemic? Absolutely. The most difficult, of course, is, is the loss of, of life. That has been um, unbelievably difficult. And we, we can't really talk about the pandemic as a, as a change without, without talking about the tremendous loss um, that we have felt of, of life, of friends, of loved ones. Um, and hear me in no way uh, do I mean to minimize um, any of that loss. We also can see that the pandemic has brought about some, some new behaviors. And uh, sometimes we can feel excited about those new behaviors, um, even as we sit with tremendous loss. So this is the change cycle. Um, these are the six steps. So once again, I'm just gonna run them through. Stage one is loss. Stage two is doubt. Stage three, discomfort. Stage four, discovery. Coming up the left side. Stage five, understanding. And the final stage, integration. So, you know, as I have talked with the staff at Tabernacle, what I've been asked to do is, is to give you some questions that you might reflect on together as you consider this model. And uh, then I'm going to offer some closing words. And if you'll allow me, I'll pray for you as we close our time. So here are four questions that I would invite you to consider personally and in the life of your church as you think about this change model that we've discussed today. The first is this. How does understanding this change model as we've walked through it, how does that help you to understand yourself and others? I bet as we've been talking through this and perhaps you're thinking about some of the changes that have happened within Tabernacle, churches across the board, and I can say this as I work with pastors in many different settings now, are experiencing sweeping change even through the pandemic. How does understanding this model help you to understand some of what's going on internally and perhaps some of what's going on internally in the people on your right and your left as you walk through uh, church life together? 
listen, we're family. And it's so important that we um, carry one another's burdens, that we love one another. Living out of that space means we have to consider where others are as well as where we are on this continuum. And so I just invite you to think about this circle and place yourself. The second thing is, what part might discipleship play in helping the congregation move through this cycle? Now, that is a big question, right? But when we think about discipleship, we think about being formed in the image of Jesus. And as we um, participate in discipleship, how then does that help us? How does discipleship connect to moving through these phases of the change cycle? The next question I have for you is a personal one. I want you to think about this cycle and ask yourself, where am I prone to get stuck? Where am I prone to get stuck? Where is it that my tendency is to camp out? Um, some of us, we, we get stuck on, on, the, on the right side of the circle, which is as things begin, we get stuck in some of those negative emotions. I want to tell you, God gave us emotions and he meant for us to feel them. Um, I think the danger comes with some of these negative emotions when we get stuck in them. So if you find that you're just really feeling stuck, I would encourage you to uh, confide in a trusted friend or confidant or uh, talk with one of the pastors or someone on staff there at Tabernacle. Talk that through. Um, but, but I want you to think about where am I likely to get stuck? And kind of the natural follow-up to that is what will I do about that? And then the last one is, if this cycle is a map, which uh, when Salerno and Brock created it, um, I think was sort of their intention that it would become like a map, then where, where are you right now? Where are you on this map right now? Are you still sitting at loss when it comes to some of the change in your life? Or, or have you uh, come full circle and you're integrating and you are in that incredibly positive space, you're feeling generous about the change? Or perhaps, most likely, are you somewhere in between? As we locate ourselves and are able to name that space and hold space for those emotions, we're then able to move forward in a more positive way. So I want to just thank you for listening to Going Deeper today. And if you would like to engage or reflect on this week's episode, I encourage you to do so on the communal journal. And you can also access the reflections of others in the journal. Just click on the discernment section at tbcrichmond.org. That is tbcrichmond.org. Tabernacle, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the great work that you are doing in this little church at Grove and Meadow and also in your universal church. Lord, we acknowledge that we are, are living in a time that is incredibly difficult and we so need to be aware of your presence with us. We so need to uh, feel your provision, your direction, and your discernment, Lord, uh, discernment about how we best move forward together. Lord, I thank you for the leadership at Tabernacle that is so sensitive to your spirit and desires to stay in step with you. I thank you for each person listening to this podcast. And I pray that no matter where they find themselves on this map, on this change cycle, 
no matter what their feelings are in this moment, that they would submit those feelings, Lord, to your leadership, that they would learn from what it is that you are speaking to them through this time, through your church, through your word, through prayer. And that, Lord, as they hear from you, that you would give them a heart that responds, ears that hear, and a heart that is open and responsive to whatever it is that you show this church. Lord, I thank you that you who began a good work will see it through to completion. I celebrate with this church the work that you are doing in their midst. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity today to be a small part of it. I ask that you would bless this church and bless these listeners. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen.